but yeah, that first meeting, I remember going up those stairs of Vitality, and I mean, it's just like it's not in the best area of town, and those stairs seemed like the longest staircase I've ever walked up in my life, and uh, I remember being just so nervous, um, and I shared at that meeting, and it was like I just vomited everything. Welcome to the Recovery Edge Cast. My name is Alfredo and I'm an alcoholic. And today we are on the line with Justin. Justin, how's it Hello going? Hello there. <laughs> it is going well. How about yourself? Good, good. So Justin, I met you at um, the Tritown Thirst Quenchers. How long have you been attending that meeting? Um, You know, I think I've been there now, uh, attending there for a little over three years or so. Nice, nice. Yeah. Um, when's your sober date and where's your home group? Um, so my sober date is uh, January 12th, uh, 2015. And uh, my home group now, uh, since we moved up to Frederick, um, is uh, Tritown Thirst Quenchers. They're at uh, Rocky. Um, before that, uh, where I initially got sober, I considered Cole Street uh, over in Broomfield um, as my uh, as my home group. And I still I still try to make it over there every once in a while, but it's it's been a little bit. So you have six years. I have six years. I know. I can't believe it. Yeah. Well, congrats. <laughs> I know it. It's gone. It's gone very, uh, very quickly. So, yeah, uh, yeah. So, it's amazing. Uh, did you uh, grow up in Colorado, or where you from? Uh, no, actually. So I, uh, I grew up in Wisconsin, um, and then uh, moved with my family when I was about twelve. We moved down to New Mexico, uh, and then uh, when I graduated high school down in New Mexico, uh, then I moved up to Colorado. And then, uh, so I've been, I've been, there was a little stint where we moved back, um, uh, to Wisconsin in like 2010, but mm -hmm. otherwise I've been, I've been a Colorado, uh, resident since, uh, early 2000s. Nice. Why don't you tell us how you grew up and what that was like for you? Um, all right. Um, so, uh, growing up, uh, grew up kind of right in between, uh, Madison and Milwaukee and, uh, you know, Wisconsin is a uh, very, um, I don't know the best way to put it, but uh, they drink a lot of beer <laughs> out there. <laughs> um, and, and, uh, and a lot of things, uh, a lot of things revolve around that. Um, so, you know, my, uh, uh, I grew up with a, with an alcoholic father. Um, and uh, it was just, you know, in, in Wisconsin, it was kind of like, it, it's normal. Um, you know, I, I had a lot of family members that drank a lot, every family function, uh, that we went to, uh, all the, all the sporting events, everything else. Um, so yeah, so, uh, it was, uh, it was just part of the, part of the culture, I guess. Um, but we, we moved, uh, we moved right when I was about this or right, right when I started middle school. Um, and, uh, you know, my, my parents were kind of struggling a little bit and, uh, I think, uh, I think they both needed a change. And so, uh, we, you know, we had some other family moved down to New Mexico, so we kind of followed them. 
Um, we moved up into the, up into the mountains, um, down in Southern New Mexico. And, uh, yeah, so that's, uh, you know, kind of, um, just, you know, the, the overall, um, we lived in a little, a little village <laughs> in, in, uh, New Mexico, uh, with, uh, 700 residents, uh, wow. that lived there full time. Uh, all the rest of the time, it was all, uh, in a little tourist town. Was um, it, was it beautiful out there? Oh man. Uh, absolutely beautiful. Uh, we, we lived right at 9,000 feet. So we had, uh, you know, we had four acres we lived on and it all backed up to national forest. And, uh, you know, we had, we had elk and mule deer coming up to our, coming up to our deck and, you know, uh, eating out of the feeders and eating bear and, you know, all kinds of fun stuff. It was, a it was a, a pretty stark difference from, uh, what we, what I had growing up in with, uh, around farms and, and cows in Wisconsin, uh, to the middle of the mountains, uh, to where, you know, we, we had like a half mile long driveway that wasn't paved. And, you know, in the winters when we'd get the snowstorms, I mean, there was times where we'd be snowed in for a good week or so. Um, so yeah, it was, a uh, it was definitely different. Um, <laughs> it was a, it was a good experience though. I, I still, you know, I still miss it sometimes, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of hard to beat Colorado. <laughs> that. How you feel? You feel warmed up? Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. All right. Well, go ahead and uh, run us through what it was like, what happened and what it's like today. And you can start as early as you'd like from your first drink or whatever, uh, impacted your, uh, your recovery. And um, go ahead. The floor is all yours. Okay. Uh, sounds good. Uh, hopefully I don't ramble too much here. But uh, <laughs> um, but like I said, you know, I grew up in Wisconsin. And so, you know, there was a, a lot of uh, a lot of those family events, uh, a lot of time spent at the lakes and everything else. And, um, you know, honestly, I think I, I had my first drink when I was either five or six. Um my, it was, it was normal for us to be playing, you know, I'd be playing with my sister and or friends. And, you know, if, if I saw my dad outside drinking or something, you know, I'd run up, Hey, can I have a drink? I'm real thirsty. And, you know, and I always hated, like, I, ugh, I hated the taste of beer. Like I still remember it. Um, and so it was, you know, it, it always stood out to me, um, that, you know, like it, I, I would still drink it all the time, uh, you know, little sneak little drinks and everything. Um, but I hated, I hated the taste of it. Um, so that was kind of my initial introduction to it. Um, and you know, just, just growing up with, with the alcoholic father, you know, he would, uh, I mean, he always had a uh, bush beer just stocked. And I mean, it was like nonstop bush and bush light, uh, just everywhere you'd look. Um, our garage was full of cans, uh, you know, and, and, and I'd go with them to the recycling, you know, place and you just smell the nasty, you know, the, 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 the nasty leftovers just hanging out. Um, but, uh, so yeah, so my dad, uh, actually got progressively worse in Wisconsin uh, to where he was, he was drinking quite a bit. Um, and, uh, it was, it, it kind of was in everything we did. Uh, so, you know, he was, he was pretty involved when I was younger and, you know, I go fishing with him and we go out on the boat and, you know, of course he'd have, you know, he'd finish a 12 pack, uh, while we were, uh, out on the lake and, 
you know, it was, I never really thought anything of it. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it, it was normal for him to, you know, pass out in the middle of the floor while watching TV after, you know, after work. Um, you know, uh, when I, when I play baseball, uh, uh, the, just our little, you know, community baseball league or whatever. Um, after every game, we'd always go, and I, I still remember him giving me like uh, handfuls of quarters. You know, we'd go to the bar, he'd give me a handful of quarters, and say, you know, go play video games. I thought it was like the greatest thing ever. You know, like I'm, I'm like, yeah, this is I can get used to this. You know, um, you know, and and it was so normal just to go to the bar and uh, and hang out for a couple hours. Um, you know, playing playing songs on the jukebox and you know, playing video games and, you know, it was, uh, it was just something we did. Um, and I, I remember my grandparents that lived in Wisconsin as well, you know, they, uh, whenever we couldn't find them at their, at their home that we'd always say, Oh, they're probably at their second house, which was their local bar as mm-hmm. well. And, uh, you know, and, and again, I never really thought of it at the time, you know, it's like their second house, you know, it, it just was, Oh yeah, there. And I really like in my mind as a kid, I thought they actually lived there uh, when they didn't live at their other house. Um, and you know, I spent a lot of time at that bar as well. And um, it was just the uh, again, just the, the the culture of Wisconsin and the culture of my of my family of just you know being around that all the time. Um, and uh, you know, and so so basically. Um, that was what I knew. And, uh, my dad was starting to get into some, some trouble at work. And, and I mean, he had a good paying job and everything. Uh, but, uh, things just weren't really working out. Um, and so, uh, my, my grandparents on my mom's side had moved down to New Mexico in the early nineties and we'd gone and visited them a couple times. And, um, finally they just decided, you know, Hey, let's, uh, Let's, let's go move down there, uh, move, move down to New Mexico. They, they, you know, my dad really fell in love with the mountains and, um, you know, and it was hopefully to give us all kind of a, a new, uh, a new start. You know, the, you know, my dad's involvement when I was young, young had stopped by the, by the time we moved, um, because he was, you know, he was drinking quite a bit, uh, um, and it, it kind of cut into that. So I was, I was excited, you know, for something new. Um, so yeah, so we go, we went down there, um, and, uh, we had a lot of money issues, um, after we moved, it was, uh, it was very, um, very tight. Uh, you know, my, both my parents combined, I think we're making a total of about 35 grand a year. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I have a, I have an older sister and a, a much younger brother. And so, I mean, we, we made it work, but I mean, I, I remember going to the, to the food pantries and, um, you know, uh, getting the, the government support and, and all of that, um, just to make it through. Um, and it, it just never seemed like we had really, you know, money to do much at all. Um, and, you know, my, my dad, like, I think he, he took a lot of that on and, you know, that little, that little village we moved to has one central bar. And, uh, of course, you know, he, uh, he became a regular there. Um, and then we just, we'd never really saw him. Um, and that's when I started kind of 
sneaking a couple beers out of the fridge um, every once in a while. Um, not not very often. I still couldn't stand the taste, um, but it was it was more just to like I, I don't know if I was trying to relate to my dad or whatever. Um, but you know he he got he got pretty bad, um, and then he started cheating on my mom, um, and you know, it, it kind of hit the fan. Um, and I, I still remember, you know, before it got to the point where it all came out, you know, he was, he was still passing out on the floor. I mean, it was, it was, I mean, all the time he wasn't a, he wasn't a mean drunk. He wasn't, you know, he was, he was just quiet. He'd sit, watch a show, go outside, drink, and then he'd just pass out. And that was, I mean, that, that he was just there kind of a, just a figure that hung out. Um, and then, uh, and then, yeah, he started kind of seeking other women's support. Um, and, uh, uh, my mom ended up kicking him out of the house and, um, she threatened to take me, my sister and my brother away. Um, and that was enough to get him to go to rehab. Um, so he went into rehab when I was 15 and, um, I just remember that that time was really, I mean, it was strange, you know, it's, uh, uh, rehab was about two hours from our house um, because, of course, you know where I, where we lived, there wasn't there wasn't really the support around um, for all that. But uh, I remember going to visit him in rehab, and uh, uh, that was still when I was fifteen, and that's when he gave me uh, my first uh, AA chip, actually, um, that I still have today, and. Um, you know, and, and he seemed to be doing pretty good. It was so awkward. Um, just like seeing him there is like, you know, seeing it on like a TV show is like, yeah, he's like, here's where I play basketball and here's my bed. And, you know, it's just like, wow, I don't want to be you when I grow up. <laughs> you know, like this is, this is the farthest thing from, from what I envision, um, wanting to be when I, when I get older. And, uh, um, so yeah, so he completed his rehab there and, uh, and then my mom, uh, got back together, um, and, and, and kind of tried to repair things. Um, it was still, it was still pretty rocky. Um, but you know, like I was getting older, um, and we ended up, uh, so I don't know, maybe it's a God thing. Um, probably was, but, uh, so my, my dad like fixed everything at work. Things were going good. He was going to AA. Um, things were happening. And uh, he actually won a million dollars off of an online contest. Um, Wait, and so, mi- like, he won a million dollars? Yeah, he won a million dollars. Yeah, it was this uh, uh, thing that CBS Sports was doing. And it was, you know, internet in like, that was like in 98. So like internet still wasn't, you know, like it was pretty novel uh for what you know as compared to what it is today you know um and so he was you know he he didn't believe it but yeah it ended up being legit um and the news crews came and like interviewed him at his work and showed him you know like doing a, a fake call on the phone it was all this like big thing and the yeah so um so yeah so that kind of helped our family like right there when I was uh, about to graduate, uh, graduate college. And, you know, um, and it was, it was interesting to see the shift, um, 
in my, uh, uh, in my dad, um, at that time, um, you know, like the, I, I don't know if you know or not, but uh, a lot of alcoholics have problems with their egos and, uh, he ate that alive. He, he loved being the, the kind of the local celeb, you know, and, you know, honestly, after taxes, a million dollars is still good. Don't, it's like, don't get me wrong. Like I would definitely take it, but it's not as much, especially when you're making, you know, uh, like 30 grand a year or less. Um, and he took it out over, you know, a time period. So, it was, you know, it, it brought, it brought them up to like poverty, you know, but instead of below poverty, they were like, you know, they were, they were able to pay their bills, but, uh, you wouldn't be able to tell it from how he acted. And, uh, you know, and it was just, you know, the, the show. And that's always what I got then um, was, was was the show from him. Um, and so, you know, it, it, it is what it is, I guess. But but anyway, so so graduated high school. Um, I was fortunate. Um, I applied for a bunch of scholarships and I won a bunch of scholarships. Uh, and I actually had a, a full ride to New Mexico State. Um that I declined, um, because I didn't want to stay in New Mexico any longer. I was, I was over it. Um, my mom was uh, very strict, uh, on the religious side of things. Um, and, um, I just, I was kind of over it. You know, I, I felt, uh, you know, with my dad kind of pretending to be someone he wasn't. And, and my mom just kind of, I, I had a lot of resentments toward my mom for letting it happen. And, um, you know, and just like, it, it just kind of started piling on. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, so I ended up, uh, taking what scholarships I could and I moved up to Colorado with, uh, $2,000 that I'd saved up over, uh, over the summer, um, doing as many jobs as I could. Um, didn't, didn't have any family in Colorado. Um, and, uh, yeah, all of a sudden had a rent payment, um, and, you know, fortunately, uh, got a job and I was able to make it work and, uh, got through college. Um, and, uh, it was actually, uh, I was pumped because, uh, my roommate, when I moved up to Colorado, uh, was 22 and that meant never having to beg people for alcohol, um, when we needed it. Um, so we, we partied quite a bit, but in in college anyway, um, it was, we did it more on the weekends. We're pretty responsible. I would say <laughs> responsible drinkers. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but, but then even like, that was like, I, I was a pretty good kid growing up. Um, didn't get into much trouble. I only drank like heavily a couple times at friends houses and, you know, so I never really got the full experience, um, until, until college. And, for some reason there was like a, there was like the switch I couldn't turn off. I was always the guy throwing up, you know, like mm-hmm. I couldn't, I could not not drink to that point. Um, and so, uh, you know, and it always get me in trouble. Uh, slept with one of my roommate's girlfriends, um, you know, like, uh, just destroying the apartment. Um, just, just stupid stuff, you know, that, uh, you know, it just, it, it, it just, 
I guess, you know, it, I, I, I put it off to be in the college experience. You know, I, I, I went to a couple of different parties where I was that guy that passed out on the deck out, out in the back and like, you know, throwing up and just, you know, making a complete fool of myself. And, um, and, and it was, it was more often than not that I would get just so shit faced that I wouldn't even like, I mean, I, I wouldn't even, before I even knew it, I guess. Um, I just thought it was like part of, you know, just part of it. So, um, so anyway, and, and again, though, we kept it on the weekends. I, uh, I remember taking a math test in college and a day after just being completely just uh, to the point where my roommates almost called, uh, an ambulance to come get me. Cause I was, I mean, I was gone and I went to my class the next day. It was early class. And I remember, laying my head on the table and taking a, a math test um, because I couldn't, I couldn't lift my head and I still aced that test. Hmm. And so like, I don't know. It was, I guess I was very fortunate that it never really cost me much. I still, you know, I, I graduated college at that time um, with, uh, with honors. Hmm. Um, I, I, uh, I killed it. Um, <laughs> I did a really good job. And, um, and, and so the, the drinking was just a, a side thing. So I never, you know, again, I was fortunate at that time where it didn't, it didn't really mess with much. Um, even though all throughout college, I was, uh, you know, we'd go do the late night Taco Bell run and I'd be, you know, completely wasted, but I was always the driver. Um, and, you know, it's just, there's so many times where I was fortunate that, you know, just putting it off to being a stupid college kid, like, you know, yeah, I got, got through without getting pulled over or any of that stuff, and, you mm-hmm. know, um, so yeah, but, uh, so yeah. Um, so at this point you're not seeing any consequences and it's actually still working for you. I mean, kinda, I mean, the consequences yeah, are silly, uh, <laughs> you know, they're stupid. Um, but right. it's nothing life shattering it was, yet. It, 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 exactly. It was, uh, nothing that was affecting me, um, other than just making a fool of myself yeah. every once in a while. Um, but yeah, nothing, nothing too, nothing too crazy. Um, so yeah, but, uh, yeah. yeah. And then that was, I mean, so that was pretty much my whole college, uh, career guy, you know, moved out and, uh, you know, was living on my own in, in my girlfriend's, uh, grandpa's place that he was renting out to me. And, um, you know, and, and then at that point, um, I had, uh, I had gained a lot. I, I had trouble with my weight anyway. I fluctuate quite a bit and, uh, I gained a lot of weight and I was, you know, depressed and anxious and, you know, I, I, I wanted to, uh, make a change. So when I moved out on my own, um, after getting a, uh, getting a, you know, entry level job. Um, I, uh, I stopped drinking for about six months. I just, I just quit it all together. Um, and I had lost like over 60 pounds. Um, and you know, I started being more active. I got out on my bike, uh, um, was doing mountain biking, skiing, stuff like that. And, uh, um, yeah, was, was, was loving it. Um, and then, 
you know, so I had a, I had a good little system going there and, you know, I spent a lot of time by myself. And so I wasn't, I wasn't really a big, uh, you know, isolation drinker at that time. I had beers in my fridge for months that were left over from a party that I just never touched. Um, and so I, I still look back at that time and I'm like, I don't know how I did that. Um, and, and it just, uh, it just kind of blows my mind that that, you know, at that time, um, that, you know, I got through that, but, but basically I went from there, broke up with that girl. So I had to move out and moved in with my old college roommate. And, uh, it didn't take long for us to kind of get back to our old routine of, uh, of drinking on the weekend. Um, and then now that he had a, he had a place, you know, we, we had a place to invite people over and we invited a bunch of people that we still knew from college and, you know, um, some pretty not good people, um, that were, were into stuff, uh, a lot worse than, um, a lot worse than alcohol, you know? Um, and so, you know, there were times when we had the parties and people, you know, smoking weed was, you know, was pretty normal, but, uh, you know, there were a couple of people we hang out, we hung out with that were doing lines in the bathroom and stuff like that. And, you know, I was never, I, I never went there, uh, fortunately, um, but that the, the type of crowd and the type of people we were starting to attract and, and associate ourselves with wasn't improving. Um, you know, it was like, we were almost, we were almost going backwards. Um, but, uh, you know, it, 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 it was, you know, I guess it is what it is, but, uh, um, so yeah, so basically then I, uh, I met my wife in there, um, over the internet actually. Um, and she was living in Boulder at the time. And, uh, um, and so I started, when we started dating, um, things, uh, things were good. You know, we, uh, we, everything we did was drinking. <laughs> um, so, so every date, um, it was, uh, we, we go, you know, and just get loaded. Um, and that was kind of our thing. Um, it kind of or it turned into our thing where we would just like, we just get, you know, a few bottles of wine and drink as much as possible and, you know, listen to music and do our, you know, do our thing. And, uh, um, so the first like six months of our relationship was, was a ton of drinking and we'd go everywhere and we would just go out to eat and drink and, and have a good time. Uh, no consequences, you know, cause we were, we were living, uh, on CU's campus at the time. And, uh, you know, we didn't have, uh, we didn't have rent or utilities to pay. Um, so we thought we had all this extra money to be, uh, to be just, you know, doing, doing all the stuff that we wanted to do. And, uh, we ended up, uh, uh, getting bored and, my wife had already gotten a master's degree at that point. Um, she's like, I want to go get a doctorate. I was like, well, you should, you know, uh, Colorado is kind of, kind of over it. Uh, and we need a, we need something new. Um, and so I, she started looking at schools and, um, you know, she got, she got accepted into, uh, UW in, in Wisconsin. And so, and I was like, Hey, you know, I grew up there. Let's, let's move back. Um, that sounds fun. And I think that was the turning point um, <laughs> where things got uh, things got pretty, I guess, uh, pretty messy. I mean, we were both making pretty good money and with no rent, you know, uh, 
things were things were pretty good. Um, but then we when we moved out to Wisconsin, um, I was making much less than I was at my job in Colorado. And then she wasn't working because she was going to school full time. Um, and so we took we brought a bunch of credit card bills with us. And they started getting higher and higher because the minimum payment was just the finance charge. Um, and so I couldn't, we couldn't make any progress on them and, you know, we just weren't making enough money to do it. Um, well, of course, you know, soon after moving there, um, my wife gets pregnant. Um, which is, I mean, it was awesome, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, but, but things changed. Um, things changed dramatically at that point um, because she no longer drank and she was my drinking buddy. And at that point, like, I think, I, I mean, I was, I was full go, you know, <laughs> like, um, you know, let's, let's keep drinking. We'll just keep going. We'll just go have fun. Uh, ignore our bills. You know, this old, this too shall pass and, you know, we'll, we'll be fine and, and, and make it through. And, and so, um, Things, you know, things started changing. I started, uh, I started lying. Um, I go to work uh, and I was doing sales and I was responsible for covering Madison and Milwaukee. Um, and so I drive around and, you know, I might go and do like one or two sales calls and then I'd go find a bar and I'd go, you know, I, my, my thing was always find a new microbrew. And so I always wanted to go and um, try out, uh, it was like my goal. I had like a little app on my phone where I was like tracking all the microbrews in Wisconsin and like, you know, thinking I was a mm-hmm. beer connoisseur or something and going and, you know, but I never, I never told my wife that I was doing that. You know, sometimes I'd say, yeah, you know, we had a beer at lunch and that's why mm-hmm. you can smell it or whatever. Um, or, you know, um, and I wasn't big on going out after work um, because you know, she, my wife always wanted me kind of, she kind of expected me home, you know, around five or something. That was kind of when I would normally get off and, and then get home. Um, but I started like skipping out of work early and then I would go, I would go and, uh, have a couple before going home and, you know, and it just started to, it became, it became kind of a normal thing where I would just lie about, you know, how long it took me to get home or, you know, where I was going and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, and, and I would, I would usually bring home like a six pack, um, or some wine or something. Um, or, uh, you know, even in Wisconsin, we'd have a box of wine in the, in the fridge every once in a while. And so I go home and I like, the first thing I would do is go and, uh, either crack a beer or like get a, a small glass of wine and like drink it really quick. Like before my wife could smell the alcohol on me. Um, so that I was, I thought I was like being slick, you know? Um, and, uh, so yeah, so, so that's kind of where it started. We had our son then, um, in Wisconsin and, uh, money became really, really tight. Um, and we ended up filing bankruptcy while we were out there, um, because we just couldn't afford, we couldn't afford anything anymore. Um, and then we realized that, uh, you know, well, and it didn't help, you know, instead of doing sales, I'm out there drinking. Um, so I wasn't selling much at all. And, uh, and so, you know, we ended up deciding just to, to move back, um, to Colorado because, 
Uh, my wife's family lives in Colorado, and I have some family in Colorado now. Um, so we're like, yeah, you know what? It's uh, It was an experiment. Uh, I'm glad we did it, but uh, let's go. And uh, she, she got her second master's degree, but didn't get the doctorate. Um, and so, you know, it was kind of a, was a I don't know, sacrifice uh, she made at that point. Um, and uh, yeah, so we moved back to Colorado. Um, and again, like she, we had the young child at this point, only, um, what was he, one, a little over one. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I had called my old job and they were going to hire me at the, at the bottom level, um, again. And, uh, I was like, you know what, I'll, I'll bite the bullet and start over. Um, but fortunately, you know, I kept looking and, and someone, uh, the competitor to that company, uh, was going to hire me and pay me really well. Um, so, so, you know, we were optimistic. We moved back, um, with all the money we had remaining. So we were completely empty. Um, uh, we moved in and, uh, my new job started that Monday and I was at, uh, I remember it vividly. I was at Lowe's and with my brother, cause he had helped me move in. And I got the phone call from my new boss um, at the job I was supposed to start. And he called me and told me they had a rescind offer um, and that, uh, that they could, I couldn't, couldn't take that job. Uh, so that was a full on panic mode for me. Um, Cause now I no longer had that job. I called the other one back that was going to start me back out at the bottom. And they're like, no, sorry, we already filled that. You know, I, I knew they weren't going to hire me at that point anyway, because I bailed on them. But, you know, I was doing whatever I could because now I had a wife and a child to support. And, uh, yeah, um, uh, that was uh, that was kind of a, a low point there um, because, you know, we, we really didn't have anything. Um, and, you know, fortunately, I still had some friends and uh, in, in Colorado from before I moved or before we moved. And, uh I was able to get on with a job, uh, making, you know, decent money or whatever. And, uh, that was about a month, a month after I found out that I wasn't getting the job. And, um, so, you know, again, things, <laughs> I got bailed out and things were getting better. Um, and we were able to kind of support ourselves again. And, you know, and we were actually sharing a duplex with my sister-in-law at the time. And, you know, we would, we'd go and, you know, go over to each other's places and, um, you know, and drink. And that was kind of our thing. And, um, the drinking picked back up again. And I, you know, I drank with my like brother-in-law and that gave me an excuse. And, um, and then I started, you know, once I got the new job and it was another sales job, um, and it, there was a commute. So I had a, an hour commute each way, um, into like downtown Denver basically. Um, but it was again, the same thing I was doing in Wisconsin where I was, you know, I was going and, and drinking. Um, and at lunch and leaving early and going and drinking. And then I wouldn't tell my wife about it. And, um, and we ended up moving to a, a new place and it kept getting progressively worse. Um, and I, I got a new job, um, that like doubled my pay basically. Um, and then my wife got pregnant with our second child. Um, and you know, and, and everything was kind of coming together. My wife was like working, um, uh, teaching and, uh, you know, things were, things were good. Uh, the new job allowed me from the, to work from home. Um, and 
um, I started going out and doing quote sales calls again. Um, and I would just go, I mean, now I really didn't have anyone to answer to for work. Um, and so I'd just go and, and, you know, if my boss called from, they were based out of Dallas and like, yeah, no, I'm just going to see some customers, you know, and you know, I'm going to take these guys to lunch or whatever and had an expense card and, um, uh, just started, you know, I go expense my drinks and then that way my wife didn't see me spending the money on the alcohol. Um, and, uh, yeah, so like that was pretty much my whole expense report was me going and drinking, um, when I was supposed to be taking customers out and doing all that. Um, and I started traveling a lot for work, uh, for that same job. And I would just go and, you know, I go to the airport early, go drink. Um, I would, I do the couple things I needed to do once I landed, um, hoping that my, you know, my people that I was meeting with couldn't smell it on me. Um, and then I would, I would bail like three or four o'clock in the afternoon and, and then just go and use my, my card and, and load up again. Um, and that's, that's how my trips, like that's, it kept picking up and picking up and, uh, um, and I drink more and more and I would just go on a trip just to get away and like drink with no consequences. Um, I didn't have to, like, I, I could go to, you know, to West Texas and, you know, no one, no one knew how much I was drinking. No one could tell me when to stop. Um, and it didn't matter, you know, like I, I had it, I, it wasn't costing me anything cause I was expensing it all. Um, and I thought I was like the slickest person in the world at that point. Um, you know, I was just living the life. I had, I remember I'd go on my trips and I'd go get wasted and then I'd go watch a movie. Um, and you know, and, and sometimes I'd stop at the liquor store and, and pour a, a pint, uh, in my, like sneak a pint in and pour it in my uh, drink before the movie. And, um, you know, and I always had like this little radius. Uh, so I was close enough to the hotel and things were good. Um, so yeah, uh, but it, it just kept getting more and more. Um, and then it was like, I couldn't go anywhere if they didn't serve alcohol. Um, and so when I was home and now I have, you know, a, a three-year-old and a one-year-old at home, uh, and you know, I, where, if we go to the zoo, I, mean, I remember when they first started serving beer at the zoo, I was pumped. I was like, yes, we can go to the zoo again. You know, like they, they serve beer there. I can get, I can get my beers. Um, and, uh, you know, um, and then my wife started kind of drinking with me a little bit again. Um, and we'd start, start drinking vodka and we'd start, you know, playing games and, and stuff like that. And, you know, um, and, and things kind of were going, we, we ended up moving again and we're renting a house and, and then, uh, shit kind of hit the fan with my parents. Um, and my parents ended up getting a divorce and, I took a lot of that on myself. Um, my, uh, my mom was, you know, she wanted to kill herself and, you know, they'd been married for over 30 years. So, um, it was hard. Um, and so she moved in with us <laughs> and when our relationship wasn't very strong to begin with, and I didn't know how to handle stress. The only way I knew how to handle stress was to drink more. Um, things started getting kind of really squirrely, um, right about then. Um, and so this was, uh, this was about 2014 ish. Um, 
And so, you know, my mom was there, my dad, um, found out my dad was, uh, was drinking again. Um, and you know, it, it just was kind of a, you know, and, and they, they ended up getting a divorce cause my dad cheated on her again and was seeing another girl. And, uh, you know, and finally it was just like, I'm not, I'm not going to try anymore. Um, and then around that same time I started, I, I met a girl online um, and thought it'd be a good idea to start building a relationship. And, uh, before I knew it, you know, I was texting her all the time. Um, I thought it was safe because she actually lived out of the country. And, you know, so I was like, ah, oh, this is all good, you know? And it was like someone who I found someone kind of like my dad was doing, you know, someone that could listen to our bullshit and not call us on it and say, Oh, everything's going to be okay. You know? feed that ego. Um, and so, yeah, I started, you know, I started, uh, talking to her more often and, uh, you know, it was constantly on my phone and, and, uh, you know, ignoring my wife. Um, and it just, uh, it, it just, it, it kept kind of building and building. Um, and again, like, I, I mean, she was in another country, so I felt safe. And, you know, I even, I even got, passport applications and I was going to get my passport and, you know, I was going to move over there and, you know, it would be all good. And, um, you know, built up this whole other life when I had like this awesome, you know, great job. We're renting a house. We're starting to save some money, two awesome kids, you know, and, uh, um, it, it wasn't enough. Um, because I, you know, I felt entitled to have more, um, and so, uh, so yeah, so I was kind of, you know, I had always told myself that I was never an alcoholic as long as I was never as bad as my dad. Um, and, and, you know, my, my dad ended up blowing that million dollars. I mean, it was gone. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and of course he was drinking again and, and seeing, seeing other women. And, um, so it was like, I was kind of like living his life, um, his, his, it was, I, I blew right past his badness. And, and, um, I mean, at that point for my drinking, I mean, I was drinking the blackout every night. Um, I was picking my kids up from daycare, um, being all ready to shit face, um, uh, just, you know, just doing things that like, when I look at it now, it's just, you know, it just hurts. It hurts my heart, <laughs> you know, to think about putting my kids and my wife in that situation. Um, where I didn't care about anyone as long as I was getting mine, you know? Um, and so, yeah, my, my wife and I, our relationship was deteriorating, um, already. Um, but, uh, you know, one night, um, well, I guess it was, uh, went to a football game with my wife. It was like the first time we actually had a lot of fun, um, together. Um, and it was, uh, um, a playoff game and, you know, drinking. Uh, sneaking drinks there. I mean, we pre-gamed and then, uh, you know, I'd go get us drinks um, from the terminal and I'd, I'd down one, chug it, and then bring two up um, to our seats. And I did that multiple times. And then, um, you know, the Broncos lost and we we got home and um, my wife went up to bed and I wasn't ready. And I took a pint glass and, you know, poured a, a whole pint glass full of vodka and chugged it and then was good to go. Um, but, uh, I guess I got, I got too smashed, uh, because I left my phone, um, where my son could grab it. 
and uh, him just being a three-year-old brings it to my wife in the morning. Um, and uh, she was able to open it and see, I mean, right there was messages. I was messaging the other girl um, right before I fell asleep or right before I passed out. Um, and she's like, uh, <laughs> you know that look in people's faces, like you just, it's, I still can think of it vividly. Mm, oh, yeah. the hurt. And the, the, I mean, it's just like the, the betrayal, you know, that like, how could you do this? You know, like the, and she's like, do you want to tell me something? Mm -hmm. I'm like, what? And she had my phone in her hand. I'm like, oh, this isn't good. This is not good. So I went into full, full on like salvage mode. Um, and you know, I was very thankful actually that my mom was there living with us at the time because she was able to watch the kids while my wife and I kind of had it out, um, for multiple days. Um, wow. so we were talking and like, she actually, my wife was like, well, what do you want to do? I was like, well, let me delete all Like, I, I just need to, I'll tell her I'm never going to talk to her again. I'm just, I'll delete everything. And my wife let me like delete all the messages, everything before going through all of them. Um, and we were talking and, and stuff and then she instantly regretted deleting them because she wanted to know like what, you know, what was going on. And, um, and actually like a day after it all came out, like the next day, I mean, we had talked till forever in the morning and like, you know, it was just that, oh, that, I still have that feeling of just, oh my God, what, what is going on? You know, like, um, I had, I could have just, she was like, do you want to stay with me or not? Like now's your chance. but if you say you want to stay here, you're going to have to like, we're going to have to work at it. Um, and I could have walked out right then, but I, I chose to stay. Um, and she chose to work with me. Um, but, uh, you know, I still, when all that shit was happening, all this, like this cheating and stuff came to a head. I didn't, I wasn't honest. I didn't tell her, you know, what was going, like what was really the kind of the underlying thing. And she finally was like, Hey, you know, I, uh, I, I figured out how to get all those messages back. Uh, you know, I've got them right here. Do you want to tell me anything before I um, go through them? And uh, I was like, Oh my God, like what, you know, and I didn't care anything about the cheating at that point. I realized it was all to protect my drinking. And I finally like just broke down. I was like, yeah, that was a, uh, I, I, I was like, you're going to see that I've been drinking a lot. Um, and she's like, is there anything else? I'm like, no, you'll see. Like, I, I, I'd i go and, like, I'd send the girl pictures of my, like, drink. And, like, you know, and it's like, why? Who does that? Yeah. <laughs> who does that? Like, what is this? Um, but, uh, yeah, so so at that point, you know, I still had some vodka on top of the fridge. And, um, you know, and it was, uh, I, I always, it was kind of like my security blanket. And uh, she's like, pour it out. And, uh and then, and so I did, and it wasn't easy. Um, but again, I was about to lose my wife and kids. So I was like, I'll do whatever. Um, and of course, you know, like before we could even do anything, I had a, like a non, a, a work uh, trip uh, for our sales meeting that I couldn't miss. I had to go. Um, and so I left a couple of days after it all hit the fan of without anything and uh, went on this trip to San Diego where it's a big booze fest. Um, and, uh, I don't know how I made it through that week without drinking. Um, but I, I did, um, 
And uh, when I got back on on the Thursday, uh, on that next Friday, we went to my first AA meeting. Um, and that was down at Vitality, um, down off of 72nd and Lowell. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, I mean, by the grace of God, I didn't drink during that, that time. Because um, I think if I would have, I probably would be divorced um, today. Um, because, you know, like I, I just already betrayed the trust. Um, but yeah, that first meeting, I remember going up those stairs of vitality and then, and it's just like, it's not in the best area of town. And those stairs seemed like the longest staircase I've ever walked up in my life. And, uh, I remember being just so nervous. Um, and I shared at that meeting and it was like, I just vomited everything, everything that I had done, uh, because my wife came with me. Um, and I think my wife came more because she didn't trust me to go by myself, uh, because mm-hmm. I've been lying so much. Um, and so I, I went out and I remember, like, I, I just remember like at that meeting and like all their eyes, uh, the people there that's like, it's, uh, mm-hmm. keep coming back, man. Like, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know that I, I know I kept a lot of people sober mm-hmm. that night in that room. Um, because it's just, I was shaken. My whole body was shaken as I was talking. And like for the, my first month of meetings, when I'd share, it was the same thing. I couldn't stop myself. It's like, I wanted to jump to those amends right away. And my wife went to like the first like couple months of meeting straight with me. Um, just like all, I mean, she was always right there. Um, and every time I share, I'm just like, my legs are, my legs are shaking. My, my hands are shaking. And I'm just saying like everything, you know, just mm-hmm. like getting it all out. And, uh, um, you know, fortunately I found a, I found a sponsor pretty early on or he found me and, uh, you know, and, and I did the, I, I wanted to do it right. Um, and my sponsor, you know, he told me, he's like, you know, put as much effort into sobriety as you did to your drinking. and. Uh, and you'll start to see some things will start getting better. Um, and so, uh, so I started coming and, and my sponsor was so like, kind of, I guess, pushy, not pushy, but like, uh, um, mm-hmm. persistent. Um, and he, he just called me up and he'd be like, Hey, we're going to a meeting tonight. Uh, come pick me up. And I remember the first time he did that, he's like, yeah, pick me up at uh, seven. Um, we're going to go to Cole street. Uh, or go to candlelight at uh, seven thirty, um, and uh, I was like, I remember telling my wife, I'm like, I don't, this guy's an alcoholic, like, like what is he gonna, like, I don't know if I can trust him, you know, like I was still, I was so messed up, like I was like, I don't know, and so I brought a knife with me because I didn't know like what this guy was gonna do, and like I look back on it now, I'm like, oh my god, like I feel so bad for that sponsor. <laughs> Cause I was still so messed up and I, I, I just, I mean, it took, it took a good few months for me to get out of that funk to where I was, you know, I was starting to trust people again and I could be honest. And, and then my, you know, my wife started trusting me to go to the meeting without her. Um, not, I mean, not that, you know, the first like four years, she, uh, there was times where I come home and she'd be like, let me smell your breath, mm-hmm. you know? And, after three years of sobriety, four years of sobriety, when that happens, it's such a humbling thing. You know, it's such a, it's such a mm-hmm. gut punch um, that it's like, well, I'm doing everything right. Right. But 
I think it, it was easy for me to forget. And I still have to remember like, you know, the people that you hurt along the way, um, that hurt doesn't just go away. Um, it's a, you know, it's, it's deep and it's a, I mean, I, I, there were, there's times even just as recent as like a month ago where my wife was like, yeah, I, you know, I smelled your breath when we were, when you were sleeping and, you know, I had drank some like fruity uh, coconut thing before bed. And like, and she's like, I, I realized what you had drank, but like for a second there, I thought you had mm. had alcohol again. And so, you know, it's, it's still not six years after being sober. Um, and so it's, uh, yeah, it sticks around for a while. Um, but I mean, I'm so fortunate, like that I was able that my son grabbed my phone that day because I, I mean, I have a CDL license. Um, so my, my limit was half of what it could be anyway. Any of those times I would have gotten, if I would have gotten pulled over, I would have gotten a DUI. Um, and I mean, it was months of drunk driving, um, through downtown Denver, through, you know, going to my, my normal haunts, um, and, and just going, um, actually got in an accident once when it was all snowy and uh, I was fortunate that there was snow because like there was an accident alert. So the cops are just like, exchange your information and go. Um, and the cop actually showed up and I remember her looking at me in the eyes and was like, have you been drinking? And I was like, no, I was like, well, I had a glass of wine for my birthday. Like early, it was on my birthday. Like I had a glass of wine on my birthday earlier, but that's it. And she like stared in my eyes and I don't know how she didn't, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. It was I, another, <laughs> another thing where I was just fortunate where, you know, it could have, you know, it might've been caught then, but. Um, I truly think I had to hit this, I, I had to hit this bottom where I was about to lose everything. Um, I'm just very fortunate. It, it, I didn't lose everything. Um, and so, yeah, so I just started, you know, I, I made it to like 128 meetings in a row, uh, right off the bat. Um, and only missed a couple, a uh, couple days of meetings in the first uh, year. And I truly think that was, uh, I attribute a lot of my success in the program to this because I've heard so many great stories. Um, I've been to so many different meetings. When I traveled, I shifted everything up, um, and I still do, uh, to where I go hit up meetings when I travel, and I have been to some of the coolest meetings. Um, There's a meeting in Odessa, Texas, or in Midland, Texas, that uh, has like uh, these glass cases when you walk in. And they've got all this AA memorabilia in there. And it's like uh, these old, uh, old uh, big books and uh, old pictures of Bill and like just really cool stuff. And, uh, you know, and, and one thing I've noticed at every meeting that I've gone to is, is we're all the same. Um, and everyone wants you to succeed. You know, everyone's been there in some form or fashion. Um, they've, they've been what you, th- what <laughs> they've been through what you've been through. Um, and, and everyone's there just to support each other. And that's, you know, whether it's, it's Texas, Kansas, Colorado, wherever, um, that's, that's the really cool thing about this program. Um, and now, you know, now being six years into it, um, I, I find, you know, with, with COVID, it was, it was tough. I went a long time without going to a meeting. And uh, I'm not going to do that again um, because I can see how easy it is to kind of to kind of rest on your laurels and think that you've got it 
and uh, the the thoughts start creeping up, and and you start thinking like, well, maybe. Um, but I always, you know, I've I've remembered from from the program. It's given me enough tools to play those thoughts all the way through, um, to know that a drink isn't going to make anything better. Um, and and if I do go back out, I will lose everything. I, there's no doubt in my mind, uh, including my life. I I, I know. Um, I mean, those those last few those last few uh, weeks of drinking. I mean, there was times where I was driving on Lookout Mountain, and I thought about just driving off the driving off the cliff, um, and just ending it. And and it's that just that alcohol think, alcoholic thinking, you know, just different different things, you know, the, the pity party of, Oh, no one loves me. You know, I don't, I don't deserve people. I, I've, I've ruined everything. I'm, I might as well just die. I might as well kill myself. And I, I had those thoughts more, um, than I'd like to admit. Um, but, uh, but yeah, things, things got better. Things get better. Um, was able to get my master's degree in sobriety. I started writing. I've published several books, um, that have done very well. Um, and uh, have even gotten like number one bestseller in a bunch of different categories on Amazon, which is awesome. Like that's something that like I'd never ever be able to achieve if I was still drinking. Um, I, I wouldn't be able to do anything. Uh, and I and I know that you know I wouldn't have my kids or wife uh, today um, if I were still drinking because I would have just burned it down. Um, and it, it, it and I it, I know that's where it would have ended. Um, so yeah, so no, I'm just, uh, I'm incredibly blessed. Um, you know, it, it took me, you know, with the, the whole spirituality part of this program, it took me a long time to get there, but you know, I kept coming back. I kept being open to it. Um, and, uh, a couple of years ago I started, I found a church that worked for me and, uh, found a higher power that I truly believe is my higher power now. Um, and, and it's so freeing to have that higher power to give things up to, you know, to give it up to God, to, to, to stop trying to control everything that you can't control. Um, and, and, and let some of that go, let that weight get off your shoulders. Um, and, and let life start happening. Um, because, you know, and all the little cliches, you know, we see them all the time, but, uh, they're so true. All of them, you know, one day at a time, the live and let live, um, you know, all those little things. I mean, it's just the, they're, they're these awesome reminders, um, of, of how this program works. Um, and, uh, you know, getting a sponsor, working through the steps, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's amazing what, what starts to, you know, come to, come to fruition when you, when your mind is clear of alcohol and, uh, and you start working this program. So yeah, so life's good today. <laughs> I don't really have too many complaints. There's, yeah. there's, uh, you know, mm-hmm. life still is hard. There's, there's things that happen. Uh, I mean, life is life. It's never going to be just easy. Um, but uh, it sure as hell is a lot easier mm-hmm. not drinking. Yeah. I can tell you that much. Um, I can feel feelings today. I don't, I don't have to hide from feelings. Um, and I know I don't have to drink over anything. Uh, so yeah, so it's uh it's it's pretty congratulations awesome. on all your success this is an excellent story um do you want to share a little bit about your dad 
Yeah. So, uh, so with my dad, you know, he got the million dollars, um, and then yeah, he, you know, uh, pulled it out, um, it, like cashed it in, basically got into a bunch of tax issues. Um, and that's about when him and my mom finally like called it quits. You know, the debt was piling up. Um, and, uh, at that point he was about seven years sober, I believe. Um, actually, no, we thought he was sober a lot longer than what, uh, he actually had been. Um, but he met this new girl whenever all the stuff went down with my mom and, um, Again, it's kind of like me. Is like she she kind of let him, you know, do his thing, and she was a lot younger than him, and so they go to concerts and they were drinking together, and you know, living the life, and uh, you know, um, he ended up married like a couple months after my mom and his divorce was finalized. Uh, he ended up getting married to her, um, and then May of last year. He actually already got divorced from her, um, you know, and uh, he was was living on his own. Um, and you know, I had just talked to him. Our, our relationship had always been strained. He he would he'd hide himself from us and you know build up these stories in his head. Uh, t- kind of typical alcoholic thinking, kind of like I thought. You know, it's like you know, no one loves me. I, I, I've really messed it up. You know. And, um, I know that's where he went with it. And there was a couple of years in there before the divorce where I didn't even talk to him. And then uh, I had told him, you know, I was like, I'm not going to have you show up in my kids' lives and then just disappear again for a year. Um, and he just, I don't think he, I don't know. It was, it was always strained. Um, and, and I know he always meant that the best and, uh, wanted to be around his grandkids. Um, and he actually had a stretch there for a couple of years when they were first, when my son was first born, where he was awesome. Uh, the best grandpa you could have ever asked for. We asked him to be, uh, the, the, the godfather of my son. And, um, you know, and he was awesome. Um, but then, uh, I think, uh, alcohol just kind of took him back over. Um, he drank, uh, uh, Bush NA, uh, the non-alcoholic Bush, uh, at, at all of our events. And I always thought, you know, well, maybe it's just because, like, he just misses the taste or whatever. Um, and then, I, you know, kind of been putting it together is, like, uh, he was drinking. He was hiding it. Um, but he could drink the Bush N.A. because it smelled like beer. And so if people smell beer on his, on his breath, it didn't matter. Um, because, uh, yeah, because he was drinking non-alcoholic. Um, so he, he had the game figured out. Um and, uh, but anyway, so he got divorced, uh, in May, living by himself with his dog. And, you know, I just FaceTimed him in October, on uh, my daughter's birthday. And, you know, it, it, it seemed like things were getting better. Um, you know, he was out on his, uh, he, he had spent a lot of money on his new house, um, um, it, which was a nice little place in New Mexico for him and built a nice little deck on the back. And that was his little drinking spot. And, you know, he's like, yeah, I need to stop drinking. I'm gaining too much weight and, you know, all this stuff. And, um, you know, but he's like, you know, I'm, I'm going to try to, I'm going to try, <laughs> I'm going to try to make it better. I'm going to try to see the kids. I'm going to, you know, and just, uh, you know, and, and that was, uh, October, like mid October. Um, and then I had randomly texted him. We didn't really talk again, um, uh, until right, right before Thanksgiving. And, uh, 
I ran I randomly texted him the week before Thanksgiving, or like that weekend on Saturday, and was like, "Hey, um, can you send me a picture of my uh, my antler that I found when we were hunting when I was younger?" And uh, he's like, "Yeah, man, I'm real sick right now. Um, like I've been home since Wednesday. Um, I just, uh, you know, I, I can't uh, um, I can't breathe." and uh come to find out so so he finally he, he got he sent the picture to me um and said you know just from getting up and going to the other room to take the picture he was out of breath uh so there was like an elephant on his chest um and so that was uh that was monday uh before thanksgiving that i had texted him and then uh i got a text from my aunt saying hey your dad's like deathly sick but he's not telling anybody that he's so sick um, can you check on him? And so I was like, yeah, I kind of knew he was sick. Uh, he said he was feeling a little bit better. Um, but, uh, you know, so I, I tried to call him. No answer. I was texting him. Um, and then at that point, of course, you know, I got a little, got a little nervous. Um, and then, uh, about an hour later, uh, his ex-wife called and, um, actually called my aunt and then I had just happened to call my aunt like right after she called and my aunt was like, he's gone. And she was like hysterical and, you know, just, uh, just completely losing it. And, uh, you know, my, and, and so, yeah, so he passed away the Wednesday before, uh, he was supposed to go get a COVID test that morning and never made it. Um, and so, uh, and that, and that's the coroner, the coroner decided, or the cause of death was, was uh coronavirus or covid um but uh i went down there that friday um to, to get some stuff i went down with my brother um and yeah it was like a glimpse at what my life could have been <laughs> um he was a uh, you know he had died in bed um by himself and there was uh, cans of uh, empty Coors cans all all over his bedroom, um, and it was just like the saddest um, image, you know. Um, you know, it, you could tell he was caught in his house, um, but uh, just the the beers, and I, I almost think he was still drinking while he was deathly sick. Um, it, it, I mean, all in the the trash cans, just empty beer cans. And like, um, it wasn't that his house was trashed or anything. It was just, it was so sad. Um, just seeing where that, where the disease, I mean, he might not have died from alcoholism, but I think he died from alcoholism. I really do. Um, he let himself just get into this, like this rut and just in this downward spiral and he just could never get out of it. Um, and so it was just like this, man, just, just seeing, you know, seeing his bed and seeing the, the, the beer cans and the, you know, just, just kind of playing through his last day in my mind, um, just incredibly depressing. And, uh, you know, just kind of reinforced, like, I'm not, I'm not going to be that person, you know? Um, yeah. so yeah, it was, a. Uh, I I mean, it, man, it was, it's tough. I mean, this, this disease, this disease will get you. <laughs> um, and so, I mean, it was it, as hard as it was. I mean, it was just, it was a reminder. I mean, I found his seven year chip when I was going through his stuff and, 
you know, and I know he had stretches there where he, he really tried. Um, but, you know, and I've got six years. So it's like, I think seven years was how far he made it. And it's like, before he went back out again, mm. it's like, I'm not, I, it, it just reinforced, like, that's what's waiting for him. You know, I can, I can still burn it down. I've still got the matches. I'm still eligible. You know, like I can, I, if I want to go back out and drink there, there you go. That's, I mean, uh, get, be ready to, for me to be, to die alone, <laughs> you know, surrounded in my own, you know, whatever, my mm-hmm. own misery. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it's sad. Well, thanks um, for opening up about it. Sure. Appreciate yeah, it. no, definitely. Yeah. No. Yeah. It was, uh, I mean, it's definitely a, <laughs> not something I wish on anyone to go through, but yeah. you know, I, <laughs> It, it, it's just another thing. You know, it's like when people go back out and come back in and, and it's not any different. It's only worse, you know, and it's just that when you're in a meeting and you see the hurt and the, yeah. the pain that people are going through, it's, it just reinforces why it's so important to stay on top of your sobriety, stay, stay around the group, stay, um, stay around the program. Um, because, you know, the support is there. We've all been there, you know, and it's, uh, you know, if you, if you let yourself kind of just fall into nothing, I mean, it's, yeah, it's not going to end anywhere, anywhere good. So there's so much more to life. So one final question, if you could give yourself a piece of advice in that first year, what would it be? <sighs> um, probably to listen more. <laughs> um, you know, I, I was happy. I, I went to all the meetings that I did, um, but I couldn't shut up. At the beginning, um, and I think I would have heard some really good things that would have made it a little bit easier on me. Um, but uh, but honestly, I, I mean, the the fact that I I, I kept going to a, a meeting every day and switched it up and and and, and just kept going, um, I, I wouldn't change that for anything. Um, and I just you know, if I could tell myself anything, just to you know, just hang in there. It, it gets better. It's hard. Um, that first year is, is tough. It's like running a gauntlet, you know. Um, but it's uh, it's so worth it on the on the other end. Thank you, Justin, for sharing your story with the Recovery Edge Cast, and thank you, listeners, for checking us out again. You can find us at therecoveryedgecast.com. We're also on Spotify, iHeartRadio. Apple Podcasts, wherever you like to check out your podcasts. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.